Welcome to Awakening Genius. This is a podcast and community dedicated to your inspiration and your elevation so that you can live fully creatively expressed. I'm your guide, Dijon. Thanks for being here. Stay tuned in to get lifted. Before we get started today, I wanted to invite y'all into something very special. If you resonate with this energy that we're expressing here, then this is something that you will probably enjoy. It's an opportunity to deepen with our community and expand your current network of creatives. We now have a program here at Awakening Genius that is designed to help you embody the infinite creative potential that you have. We all have equal amounts of creative possibility living within us, and it's our work to embody it and ground it so that we can consciously co-create a world together. Now, some of us don't identify with the label artist, but being an artist is not about whether you express yourself through a specific medium like painting or drawing. Being an artist is the level of presence you hold when you do anything. That's why an original painting is infinitely more valuable than a print because the artist actually interacted with that painting and infused it with their energy and consciousness. Art is an energetic transmission, and it's not limited to the things we traditionally think of as art. When your grandmother cooks you a meal and infuses it with love, that is artistry in action. So inside of the Awakening Genius container, you learn how to cultivate high vibrational energy into the temple of your body through yogic practices. And then you will practice wielding that energy through creative exercises with community and play shops led by a diverse range of creatives. So you can express your artistry however you choose to. If that sounds intriguing to you and you wanna learn more and you wanna deepen with us, go visit www.awakeninggenius.club The link is also in the show notes, so you can access it there. We're looking forward to building with you, and now let's get into the episode. feminine and um, creating healthy partnerships and tantra and stuff so i was just intrigued by everything that she was offering and that's why i decided to have her on today thank you for being here dakota Mm, thank you for having me so grateful yeah so she has been launching her own programs to help women i guess embody the divine feminine and create sacred unions and On a number of levels, that feels very interesting to me because for me, at least, I'm a romantic. So the idea of creating a harmonious, balanced, symbiotic relationship is very exciting. 
And I feel like that's true for a lot of people, but especially with what's going on in the planet right now with the masculine and feminine energies being Mm. so at odds, I would love to hear your insight into how to create a sacred union. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's definitely something that's always been a deep inquiry and passion of mine ever since I was a teenager, actually. I remember reading this book by Tom Kenyon called The Magdalene Manuscript. Love that And in it, he... Yeah, such a good book. And in that book, I remember being like, wow, this feels right. This feels like my lineage. This feels like something that I'm here to embody and anchor on the planet. What does it mean to be in sacred union and how do we get there? And it's been a long, long journey through, yeah, many partnerships and experiences. And what I came to realize is that this art of sacred union is actually a way of being and it's a way of being within our own selves. And until we have a certain level of sacred union within our own selves, our external mirror is going to be chaotic or muddied. So the principle with the water, I love to work with the water and sacred union as well, because for me, we are water. We're mostly water. And when we look at water, it's that reflective quality. So we're walking around in beautiful water beings and we're being mirrored back to us, our own energy, our own vibration. We've all heard of the law of attraction. And I like to also refer to the law of reflection. And what I came to realize in my life is that in order to attract partnership and be able to be in sacred union and have a healthy relationship, I needed to first address my relationship with my own self and with the masculine and feminine inside of me. So three years ago, I actually did a ceremony and I married myself and I wrote out like, I am fully committed to embodying my own essence in this lifetime and really knowing myself and being able to hone my feminine qualities and my masculine qualities so that when I am in partnership, I'm not codependent and I'm not trying to get something from the other person, but there's solidity within that then can be reflected outside of myself. So that was huge. And what I found is that you know when we do ceremonies and we do rituals, it's a declaration to the universe. And that ceremony changed so much. And the Mystery School of Life brought me so many initiations to really test me. And the most challenging one is around sexuality. I really believe that sex is the most sacred and beautiful and powerful thing that we can share with another human being. We're mixing our water, we're mixing our DNA, we're mixing the very fabric of our entire makeup. And it's so precious. And I feel like there's two extremes right now in the world. They're at the extreme of, oh, let's be polyamorous, be in love with everybody and make love and it's all love. Just be open. And then there can be the other extreme of like religion and okay, well, sex is just if you're married and there's a lot of shame around it. For me, it's always been this balance of sex being so beautiful and also so sacred and something that I don't just want to share with everybody really in that sacred union partnership. And the last relationship that I was in, there were a lot of things that got brought up that mirrored to me where I was actually out of alignment with sacred union and doubting it within my own being, specifically around sexuality. And there was a lot saying, oh, sex is a distraction on the pathway to God. 
sex is damaging to people's nervous systems and just a lot of religious programming. And seeing where that was inside of my own self and really coming to this place of, wow, I don't believe that. And I believe that sex is beautiful and powerful and sacred. And when we cultivate that with another person in a sacred union partnership, it can change the world. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. So I was hearing that for you, sex is the most powerful thing that two humans can do. And it's part of relating. And there's the law of attraction, but there's also the law of reflection, which means whatever partner you have attracted to you is reflecting back to you, your whole self. So Mm -hmm. I guess that's the parts you readily claim and the parts that are potentially disowned. And it sounds like in your relationship, the parts that were triggering or unsatisfying in some way, you did work to recognize them as parts of you that needed to be shifted to come into deeper alignment. So beautifully said. Yes, that's exactly it. And I feel like there's a fine balance because when we are in a partnership and something's being reflected to us that we don't like, it's always co-created. So taking responsibility for that within ourselves, but then also recognizing when you've shifted that and they haven't and being able to say, okay, is this still healthy? And making sure that we don't stay in relationships that are unhealthy and knowing that we all deserve to be happy. We all deserve to be in relationships where we feel uplifted and nurtured and enlivened. And you know, we all got here through the act of sex, through the act of lovemaking. And we all have this in common. It's something that is so powerful to recognize the subtleties and I'm enjoying in my partnership now is how subtle can I be and noticing like all the places of fear, resistance, shadow within, and how can I meet those places with the light of our shared love? And how can we be transparent and not just make love with our bodies, make love with all of us, make love with our hearts, make love with our souls, and really be vulnerable because it's easy to take our clothes off and get naked, but can we really get naked with our souls? Can we get naked with our shadow? Can we get naked with those places that are harder for us to show people? And partnership, sacred union is where it comes up. And it's where we do have that safe and committed relationship container to do the deep work and know that, hey, I I love you. And even though this is going on, like I'm committed to moving through this and to seeing you and honoring you and uplifting you Mm, in that. That's beautiful. I feel like this is a very evolved way of interfacing with the relationship because I know the way it's been portrayed to me in movies and popular culture was that relationship was this thing everyone aspired to. And when you were in a relationship, somehow all of the problems of your life went away. (laughs) And it was a type of love that just washed away all those things. And I've had that experience before, but that was a very ungrounded, like addictive type of feeling. It was something you would get swept away in and then you would have that really intense honeymoon period. And then if there wasn't that foundation laid to really understand each other, especially the shadow and the wounded parts, then all those unconscious pieces would come up to create blocks between you connecting with that person, which in my experience is the most painful thing I've ever experienced, just Mm -hmm. wanting to connect with somebody and 
not having the tools to disarm and then some way they're being is triggering you and some way you're responding to that is triggering them and you're just stuck in this this cycle. So yeah, I'm sure other people have that experience as well. And maybe you could enlighten us to how to step out of that cycle. And I know the first thing you said was marrying yourself. So for people yeah. that are perhaps unfamiliar with what that means or what that looks like in the third mm-hmm. world, like <laughs> that process. Exactly. Such a beautiful reflection. I just want to agree with you and say that is the most painful thing to feel like you can't be in love specifically because it is our nature to love. I believe that we are made to love. And the most painful thing is when we can't meet in that place, but recognizing that pain is a messenger of love and that when there is something that's brought up, it's just calling us deeper. And if we can move through that together, it always leads us to deeper states of communion, of love. Mm. And that there is, you know, we don't need to be afraid of that. We don't need to be afraid of the darkness. So in relationship to, yeah, marrying ourselves, it's really recognizing that you are your beloved. You are your best friend. You are a whole and sovereign being, one unto yourself. And that's actually what it means to be a virgin. And it's to be one unto yourself, sovereign and whole. And it doesn't matter how many people you've been with or had sex with. It's really about you knowing and coming to love yourself and be committed to your own being above all else because that's the way that we can really show up for others from an overflowing fountain instead of making up for something that we feel is lacking inside of our own selves. Mm. So on a simple level, doing a ceremony, writing out vows, what are you committed to? Just like you would write out vows for your beloved you're about to marry, like writing those out for yourself. And I love to invite people to do it in the mirror, to read your vows in the mirror to yourself. And you can even go all out. You can hold a ceremony. You can get yourself roses. You can wear a wedding dress. Like You can make it as simple or as detailed as you like. But I feel like that ceremony for me really changed my life. And it's one that I love to share. But then when you are in partnership and those challenging pieces do come up, it's really important to bring it to your partner. I feel like a lot of times what happens is we go to other people, especially women, like we go to our girlfriends, right? And we're talking about it, we're talking about it. And it really doesn't help. Like it's important to express what we're going through, but always bring it back to your relationship. Always bring it back to that sacred container and treat it like you are talking to your best friend, to yourself. And when something does come up, when that trigger is available, speaking the story, like sharing what is present, and then recognizing that using words and continuing to talk about it and talk about it and rehash it isn't going to shift the energy a lot of times because Mm -hmm. there's such a charge. So what I found is stop, communicate the story, but then don't get trapped in it. Don't keep spinning on repeat with the story. Speak it, lay the story to rest because the story is just the surface manifestation of a deeper energy underneath that's wanting to be resolved that can't actually be resolved from the mind or from words. So once you speak the story, sitting down, and it's beautiful if you could be outside because nature heals everything. Mm. We are nature. She reminds us of that. Um, But just sitting down wherever you can and filling your heart up with so much gratitude and love. Gratitude and love create the most beautiful water crystals, as you can see with Dr. Emoto's work. Mm -hmm. So filling yourself up with that gratitude and love to the best of your ability, even if you're feeling anger, sadness, and then beaming that out your eyes and into your partner. 
and just taking this time to pause and to really come back to a place, a still point to then be able to resolve the energy. Because mm-hmm. when there is that, that wobble, that disharmonic back and forth, blame game, I'm right thing that continue flowing, it's important to just cut that off and stop and take the pause. So the eye gazing, the breathing together, you can also put your hand on your partner's heart and breathe that way as well. Mm. And then it's also really powerful to tone together, especially if there's a lot of charge, anger, energy, just once you've eye gazed and breathed gently, allow yourself to move into some gentle awes and ah. in that way, also putting on a song, dancing, mm. and then communicating from that place, from that more centered and calm place, saying, hey, can you change X, Y, and Z? Hey, it would mean so much to me if X, Y, and Z. And always sandwiching feedback with gratitude and appreciation. Because no one likes to be told what to do. We all want to do our best. At our core, we all want to love and be loved. And we all want to please the person that we love. Mm. So remembering that. I love it. That feels like wonderful advice to me and just reflect it back so it sinks in a little deeper for myself and for everybody else. You said to be aware of when there is this harmonic energy. And although it's important to acknowledge and verbalize it, you don't want to get stuck in the story and stuck in the mind because the story is just an externalization on the surface layer of a deeper energetic issue. So really what you want to do is deepen into that energetic space and really work on it at that level. And some ways you suggested to do that were to go outside because nature heals everything and sit down with your partner and perhaps eye gaze or tone with them or put your hand on their heart and breathe with them and synchronize your biorhythm and communicate from that place and see if you can resolve it. And that sounds really wonderful to me because if you can't resolve it through those means and if someone is still stuck on the story and the processing is like in that loopy place, then perhaps it's not a match. Exactly. And it's really important to touch on that as well because I know so many amazing people that stay in partnerships that can't get out of that loopy place. And as much as you might want to and try, there's a certain element of both partners have to be willing. And if only one partner is willing, it's not going to work. No matter how hard, no matter how much you want it to, no matter how hard you try. And I feel like especially as healers and empaths and really open and caring people, what can happen is we're like, oh, I have so much love in my heart. Like, of course this can shift. Like, I see your light. I see your beauty. and. Absolutely. But recognizing when that's fantasy and that's not reality and that we're actually hurting the other person and we're hurting ourselves because sometimes people aren't ready to come into that place of looking at those deeper aspects, those wounded places, or to be in a union where that depth is met. And if you're ready for that kind of depth, you deserve it. And there's someone who can meet you in that place. And also recognizing that there's someone that can meet them better where they're at. Totally. And I feel like it's very important to acknowledge those things without making anyone wrong about where they're at. Because 
I think it's an easy thing to say like, oh, this person is as involved as me or they have this shit that they have to work on. And that language is divisive. And I feel like in the moment, maybe it gives you a boost of like, you feeling good about yourself. Mm. But in the long term, it's not creating a harmonious like field for you to attract things that you want. So exactly, a few, a few key phrases I like to use in conflict resolution are in acknowledging my energies with people. And, and one is, um, this is from Star Wars, I like to say there's a disturbance in the force. <laughs> I'm sensing a disturbance in the force because then it's not like, hey, you were being an asshole 30 minutes ago, right? And it's not even like I'm pissed because that has like a charge to it that I think makes it more difficult for the person to really receive what you're trying to say. And ultimately, that's what you want is for them to receive your emotion. So just like, hey, I feel like there's a disturbance in the force. Can we check in to discuss it? Mm. And, And like offering them that choice because people are not always ready to hold space for that type of conversation. So just checking in will ensure that you're more likely to be received and that they feel respected. So you're beginning the conversation on like a grounded level playing field. And then, like you said, if you go through that process and you state your needs and you state your desires and they are either unable or unwilling to meet you in that place, then you can acknowledge and be like, hey, I appreciate you meeting me in this place and it still doesn't feel resolved in a way that I can move forward feeling good. And this seems to have happened a few times and I'm feeling like maybe this is not a line for us to be connecting in this way. Yes. So beautifully said. Because there's no blame. There's no judgment. It's just neutral. It's just, hey, I love myself. I love you. And the resonance, the frequency resonance just isn't there. Right. Yeah. And I think for me, that involves a belief in abundance because a lot of times I feel like we'll stay in a relationship that's not fully aligned or even toxic because we've invested so much energy into it. Or am I going to find somebody else that I love this much? And it's like, things always get better, right? Like become more evolved and attract more evolved reflections that can meet us where we're at. and. That can be the person you've been in a relationship with, but I think that's only possible when you interact with that reflection without attachment. Absolutely. Beautifully said. And it comes back to being whole in yourself, that sacred union within, with divinity, because then you do trust that absolutely everything that happens is happening not to you, but for you. And needing life from that place of curiosity and innocence again. Mm. Mm. Well. Thank you so much for your wisdom and insight and tangible tools on how to create and nurture a sacred union. I feel it in every aspect of your presence from the wonderful garden behind you in Maui. I feel the magic. Thank you so much. It's been such a delight to speak with you about this. Yeah. So I know you offer programs and courses in case people want to deepen in this path and are called to work with you. Would you like to share any information about that? Yeah, absolutely. I actually have a retreat coming up on Maui the first week of May. You can find it on my website. It's a water priestess, sacred sexuality retreat. And we'll be going to sacred water sites and doing rituals and going really deep into just magic, sacred sexual fluids and some more mysterious elements of the water and the feminine. So you can find that on my website. And I also do one-on-one mentorships 
And I have a really exciting nine-month mystery school coming up as well that will be released in March. Mm, Beautiful. And you work exclusively with women, is that correct? I do, yeah, at this time. But it's interesting you ask that because I've been feeling like potentially opening up to men. So we'll see. Yeah, but as of now, just women. Wonderful. And do you want to drop your website or social media handles where people can connect? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's dakotachanel.com. And yeah, Dakota Chanel on Instagram and Facebook. Okay, wonderful. We'll put that in the show notes as well. This has been a pleasure, Dakota. Thank you so much. Mm, Thank you so much. All right, guys, that was this week's episode of Awakening Genius. I hope it was as enlightening and inspiring for you as it was for me. Until next time, peace. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Awakening Genius and that you feel closer to embodying your full creative expression. If you like what we're doing here, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Connect with us on social media at Awakening Genius. And if you want to go deeper into anything we talked about on this episode, you can go to awakeninggenius.club. This is Dijon. Much love. Peace.